and we are live with the all gas no break sports show i am one of your co-hosts nick bavona joined alongside once again by andrew johnson and grayson sheepy g marino and guys a somewhat slow week in college football but definitely a major shakeup in the top 10 polls one team has now fallen out of any potential playoff hope and maybe a team like a certain tiger is now getting into the mix after this weekend well, college football has been pretty unpredictable this week, but this week seemed to kind of buck that trend that I think that really went according to plan besides maybe one or two games, but I think it's really kind of stayed status quo this week. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Grayson. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I wouldn't say the biggest surprise was, you know, I mean, I'll bring it up, the Oregon game. I mean, I thought that would be way more of a blowout. Um, I mean, you know, everything else was kind of status quo, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, Oregon losing to Washington definitely was the biggest surprise of the week. Uh, but everything else pretty seemed, seemed pretty, you know, status quo when it came to the polls. So now the realistically, the question is going to be, what is the biggest shape shakeup going to be when the college football playoff poll comes out? As of this recording, it's going to come out at 9 o'clock tonight. Obviously, when the when this uh, podcast comes out tomorrow, we will know what the playoff polls are going to be. But it looks like we're going to see a team probably like LSU move up to number six. And we have a really good chance of seeing two, definitely two SEC teams being in this year's college football playoff. It's a lot. Well, I mean, two SEC teams being in the playoffs, that's kind of just status quo as well. I guess that's the term of, terminology of the night is status quo. Uh Word of the day, quote of the day, whatever you want to call it, phrase of the day. But I want to get into some of these games, starting with uh, Alabama hanging on versus Old Miss. Uh, I said this was going to be a close game, kind of proved that. But Alabama kind of rebounding after that ugly, ugly week. I, I can't say this in, helps them get into college football playoffs, but at the same time, it really doesn't They're hurt done. them. They're done. I, it, yeah, it, would have to take a, it would take a miracle for Alabama to get back there. Yeah, Al- Alabama done. is essentially done, but by some miracle, like Nick said, they can get in. But it would have to take one... It would have to take probably six or seven teams in front of them all losing over the next two weeks. Yeah, it would have to be an absolute collapse by the top five. And I mean, in this game, Alabama, they were down 10 points at one point, down 10 nothing early in the second quarter, and it looked like they were going to fall once again. They've really been struggling on the road this season. Obviously, their two losses being at Tennessee and at LSU, and it looked very much well. They were going to be on their third loss of the season, going up against the Ole Miss Rebels. you got to give Alabama some credit. They did fight back, claw their way to a tough win on the road against the Rebels, 30-24. to Another strong outing from Bryce Young. He throws three t- passing touchdowns in this game. Pretty much, you know, trying to solidify his, you know, placement, not only in the Heisman standings, but also potentially being the number one quarterback taken in this year's NFL draft. So he has another solid game. Jackson Dart did his best to, you know, keep dueling with him. Also, Quinshawn uh, Judkins had 135 yards and two rushing touchdowns for the Ole Miss Rebels. But at the end of the day, it just was not enough. Alabama State, you know, Keeps that slim hope alive in the college football playoff, but like we said, it's going to take an absolute miracle for the Crimson Tide to get back into this year's playoff. You know, Nick, I was going to say, what do you mean, Bryce Young's going to have a number one pick, quarterback picked in the draft? And then I started, as that thought process started going in my head, I'm like, huh, well, Hendon Hooker's playing himself out of a draft. CJ Shroud's playing himself out of a draft. 
Uh, Will Levis is playing himself out of the trade. Well, Strauss is going to be top five. Strauss still is number three. Stroud's number two quarterback. Stroud still might have a chance to go number one. Yeah, I mean he has a chance, but he hasn't been that great. I would say he has a. Ch- I would say he has a chance, he's but he's better he has- than Bryce Young. No. Yeah, that's not. That's not. Uh, no, yes, no, he's he not. no, he's yes, not. He has, no, he has not. No, he has not. Yes, he has. Watch out! Watch Ohio State's games the last couple of weeks. He has not been good. But look at Alabama's in their loss. Uh, uh, yeah, Bryce. Had, yeah, Bryce Young Travis has been. One, yeah, Bryce Young has been very game. bad. Bri- Bryce Young has. Br- yeah, Bryce Young will have one or two bad throws, but he still he still does really good in those games. Stroud's had one bad game, and that was in one of the worst weather conditions possible. They've he's had a couple bad games. They start they've he usually starts slow too. He's just like kind of like Bryce Young. They they both start really slow, but eventually in the second half they start picking it up. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm big on Stroud. Look, look at the Penn, look at the Penn State game. They, the exact same thing happened. He started really slow in that game, and it took only up until the second half for him to wake up and say, "Hey, listen, I'm a Heisman candidate. I need to wake up and start playing like it." I, I don't know. I, I I'm really all I'm saying really, is this isn't a Bama bias honestly anymore. On it. I just really don't like Bryce Young as a quarterback. Already, and I mean, all I'm gonna say is uh, all these qu- top quarterbacks have really not impressed me the last couple of weeks after having such a hot start beginning of the season. And obviously, one of them's got to be taken first, and I think that's still up for grabs. And that's right now, if and right now at the end of the season, the Houston Texans would be the number one overall draft pick. So, I would t- you know what? Maybe Nick, that's a good point. Maybe these teams are trying to tank their own draft stock on purpose so they don't have to play for the Texans. I mean. M- I guess you could put it in a sense like that. This may be some some absolute foresight and, and strategy from whatever agents are controlling. This play bad. You'll be taken eventually. Just just don't get drafted by the Texans. Well, either way, right now at the end of the day, it looks like Young right now is the favorite to go number one. I mean, you could make the case for Stroud also. I think, I think either way, one of them is going to go as the first quarterback in this draft. There was rumors about Will Levis early in the season. But with the way Kentucky has played the last couple of weeks – not the case anymore. He's definitely still a first-round talent, but man, Kentucky officials look really, really, really bad these last few weeks offensively. We'll get into them a little bit later on the show, but let's go into the next game on our tap, and we got an interesting one in the ACC, and a game that also looked like it was going to come down to the wire when it came to being another upset, but the Tar Heels going into Wake Forest, hanging on by a, a last-second field goal, winning 36-34. to they remain undefeated in ACC play, still on you know on the line to play for the ACC championship game against the Clemson Tigers, so they could really play spoiler not only for Clemson still you know they're still in the hunt for the college football playoff this season, but the Tar Heels they're trying to make a late season push to maybe be in a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah, Wake Forest had such an amazing start to this season, starting off hot six and one. They obviously had that heartbreak of Clemson. Uh, in late September that we we covered, obviously, but over the last couple of weeks, I can understand them losing to NC State and North Carolina in close games. That's acceptable. Uh, but going and losing to Louisville by four touchdowns or three touchdowns, I think the final score is 48 to 21. Uh, that's inexcusable. But for a program that had such a hot start, they could have really made their mark over the last two uh, last two weeks saying, hey, we're the premier school in North Carolina for football. And they lose to North Carolina Heartbreaker, and they lose to NC State as well. So 
Wake Forest, which was a program trending upwards, almost going to be a top 10 team this year, is now out of the rankings. I mean, hey, listen, if anyone would know that, that it would be my, myself. I mean, Syracuse started the season 6-0. and Look where they are. They're at the same pace as Wake Forest right now, 6-4 and in the season. So those teams really start the first half of the season great, but ever since that 6-0 and start or whatever it was, <clears throat> it just not, excuse me, it just not hasn't been good the last couple of weeks. And credit to Wake Forest in this game. Sam Harmon plays phenomenal, three, 320 yards, four touchdowns, did throw an interception, which in hindsight realistically is the difference of this game. And he, he was just outdueled by Drake May, who continues his monster season, 448 yards passing, three touchdowns, also ran in touchdowns and ran for 71 yards. Drake May is making a case for the Heisman Trophy right now. And the Tar Heels, like I said, they're now making a statement they really realistically are in line to play for a New Year's Six Bowl, and that's after they started the season 0-1. They've rattled off a lot of wins down the stretch of the season, and right now they're in line to play Clemson for the ACC Championship. Yeah, good things happening for the University of North Carolina. They're going to be playing Georgia Tech later this, uh, later this week, so I think that should be a nice, uh, easy win for them. And it's going to be interesting to, see, interesting to see if they can pull off the upset and eventually beat Clemson should they make it to the ACC title game. I mean, you say a potential easy win. I feel like this year in college football, there is no such thing as an easy win. Oh, yeah, that's why I said potentially. North Carolina will definitely give them a run for their money. They have a really I mean, good offense, so that game will be interesting to see. Not to – I think we were planning on covering it, but not to jump to it. But, I mean, Boston College just beat NC State. <laughs> yeah, who just lost – and Boston College lost to UConn. So, uh, obviously, somebody just – Completely flipped the script. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like the NFL. No, the nothing really is set in stone. Everything is really unpredictable this season. The only constant right now is that, or you know, the only thing that's really keep going is that Georgia's still number one. They've been steamrolling through teams. Ohio State's still in that mix, and same thing with Michigan. Yeah, some things never, never change. But uh, I want to jump into the next game: Washington on the road, beating. Number six, Oregon, effectively ending their college football playoff hopes. Number 25, Washington, beating number six, Oregon, a with a field goal in the last minute. Uh, Bold Knicks, which has been an incredible run over these last couple weeks, seems like it's coming to an end. Uh, we can kind of talk about how Oregon had a great season, yada, yada. They started off really, uh, really badly against Georgia early in the season, and they just fell to number 25, Washington, at home. Uh, Nick, give me your thoughts. I mean, you got to give Washington some credit. I mean, they're going on the road to face Oregon. And that's a really hostile environment. And you got to give credit to Michael Penix Jr. I mean, two touchdown passes, 408 yards passing. Did throw an interception in this game. But the Ducks just could not stop this Washington offense. And, you know, Bo Nix, we've talked about it. He's having himself a Heisman candidate season as well. He threw 280 yards, two touchdowns, also ran into touchdown as well. Oregon ran the ball for 312 yards in this game. And you would think with 312 rushing yards, that's an easy win for the Ducks. But Washington did just enough to hold on and win this game. And it really comes down to Penix having 408 yards passing. And the Ducks, you know, just could not stop him at the end of the day. Washington got the necessary stops that he needed down the stretch of this game. And Washington gets a stunning win. And as you said, Johnson, it ends or any chance for the Ducks to make the college football playoff. They still have a chance to win the Pac-12 championship. But you're right. Any chance of them making the college football playoff is effectively over now. When it comes to the Pac-12, I mean, it's kind of just what USC left to go. USC right? is their last chance. Yeah. 
and I think they make it cannibalize this weekend. And they and you're right. They have they have two really tough games to end the season. They're facing UCLA and Notre Dame. Not easy wins right now, considering these are on the upward trend. Even though UCLA did lose this week against Arizona, but there's still two really tough teams to play against, so it's not going to be easy for the Trojans. 100%. But, I mean, that's also, you win both those games, your resume takes a huge bump up. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think by default, if they won those two games, they would make, and won the, obviously won the Pac-12 championship, uh, they would be in the college football playoffs. I, I think they'd get in as the four seed. Probably. I, I would I, I would agree with you only due to the fact that Ohio State and Michigan are gonna play each other, so one of those one teams are gonna cancel down. out. Um then it really comes down to what are the rest of the teams gonna do? I Georgia's think TCU if they do make it. It's it's gonna be yeah, that's also true. TCU is still in the factor. We'll talk about them a little bit later on in the show as well. But USC is realistically, as we said, the last hope for the Pac twelve to have any chance. But they still have some work to do as well with those two remaining games. And they have to play potentially either Oregon or the team they lost to, Utah, for the Pac-12 championship. So the Trojans still have some work to do on their resume if they want to get into the college football playoff. But with the Oregon loss, it definitely helps them in the sense. 100%. Now, Nick, I want to ha- go into our next game, going to the SEC LSU hanging on versus Arkansas, and this is pretty historic, or I shouldn't really say historic, but pretty big for Brian Kelly. He goes from leaving Notre Dame to clinching a berth in the SEC title game under under a year. I think that's kind of remarkable, and I think a lot of Notre Dame fans are, they may not say it out loud, but I think secretly they're wishing Brian Kelly was still there. I mean, but yeah, at I'm, the same time, go ahead, Greg. Uh, no, go for it, go for it, go for it. If you look at it, look at what he walked into at LSU. A ton of talent already on that team. Plus, he, you know, he brings in a couple guys. You know, it that that's an SEC run program. I mean, like. Well, oh, yeah, let, no, the, the number one priority is football. About, yeah, the, you're not talking about recruiting. Well, let's think of it this way, too. Going into the season, obviously the favorite in the SEC West was Alabama, but you also had a team like Texas A&M who has really been disappointing this season with a three and seven record. I think disappointing they, is a uh, is an understatement. That might be, uh, yeah, yeah, but definitely an understatement. But you got to remember, they there was teams above them like Texas A&M. There was Ole Miss. There were a lot of teams above LSU in the SEC West, and people were thinking, oh, you know what, LSU is probably the third or fourth best team in that division. And now at the end of the day, LSU is in the SEC championship game. They'll have a chance to knock off Georgia for the SEC championship game. And not only that, if they do that, they're going to be playing for the college football playoff this season. With the Oregon loss, they'll most likely move up to sixth in the polls this week. So they're right now in a good trend going forward. They just need to maintain course down the stretch of the season in order to you know keep their hopes alive. You know, Obviously, they have UAB. That should be an easy win for them. They're at Texas A&M. I know A&M has been bad this season, but a road environment, that could definitely be a trap game. This was almost a trap game itself. They struggled against Arkansas, and I even said it. I said on paper, I did not like this game for LSU due to the fact that you're coming off a high emotional win against Alabama. You go on the road to an Arkansas team that realistically has nothing to lose, and they almost lost this game. And just really big credit to LSU's defense Holding Arkansas to ten points throughout the game and holding on to win thirteen to ten. 
Now, I'm glad you mentioned Texas A&M. Now, I do think that LSU is going to win this week, probably because they got caught sleeping already, and I don't think that's going to happen next week, but I'm glad you mentioned Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M is a top 10 atmosphere in college football when you're actually in the stadium when the place is rocking. I don't know how it's going to be when they're 3-7, and seven, 10 mm. games into the season right now, but Kyle Field is, I think any program, or probably 99% of programs, would love to have the home field advantage that Kyle Field brings. I would definitely, top 10's a little tough. I mean. If you want to say fringe top 10, that's fine too. I would say that guaranteed well, top think 15. Of it, well, think of it this way. Like, it's the week before they would have to play Georgia for the SEC championship game. So they might, they could definitely be looking ahead when they go yeah, into, when they go to Kyle Field. So, I mean, anything's possible. Agreed. It's, you know, it's going to come down to is Brian Kelly going to pull a Brian Kelly and find a way to lose a game that they should easily win. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. A hundred percent. And then when it comes to the SEC championship, I mean. It's again, a game that they're not expected to win. They're going to definitely be double-digit underdogs in that game, just like they were against Alabama. I think LSU is playing with house money this season, and oh, any fan would agree with me. Oh, yeah. a thousand percent. But you know what? At the end of the day, if you could find a way to make it to the college football playoff, anything less than that right now would be a disappointment still. Well, you want to talk about disappointments, Grayson? How about the disappointment from Kentucky this week, losing to Vanderbilt at home? And this is a historic win because this ended a 26-game SEC losing streak for the Commodores. They knock off 24th-ranked Kentucky, 24-21. to And this is why I talked about it earlier in the show. Will Levis and this offense have just not been the same team that we saw earlier in the season. It's really hurt his draft stock. He's still a first-round quarterback, but he was projected to go in the top 10, maybe even the top 5. He's he's fallen into the mid-first you know, first round with how Kentucky's bad play has been. And credit to the Commodores. They get a big upset win. They're now 4-6 and six on the season. They, to think that they're two wins away from being bowl eligible, it's just crazy. But that's how big, that's how weird this, you know, this whole entire season has been. Now, I do want to say Kentucky, we spoke about them earlier in the year that they've really turned their program around the last couple of years. And it's still a, ma- a massive step forward over the last couple of years compared to where Kentucky football was 10, 15 years ago. But this is inexcusable to be at home and lose to Vanderbilt. Like you said, that hasn't won a uh, an SEC game in a couple of years. I mean, we're talking about a team that earlier in the year scoring against Alabama was a major accomplishment because they hadn't done that in 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is – I don't know how you well, how you lose to this team. You got to give credit to the Vanderbilt running attack. I mean, Ray Davis, the running back, 26 carries for 129 yards in the touchdown. And their quarterback, Mike Wright, not only does he have 184 yards passing and a passing touchdown, he runs for 126 yards and also a touchdown himself. So Vanderbilt was able to run the football efficiently in this game. And like I said, Kentucky just really has been, you know, leaning away from passing the football. They're leaning more into running it, but it's really hurting Will Levis at the end of the day, who has a lot of, you know, intangibles for NFL drafts, you know, prospect, uh, scouts, I should say. And now at the end of the day, a game like this is really going to hurt him at the end of the day. They keep saying that, but yeah. I I don't know. With the way Levis has played the last couple weeks, he might fall out of the first round. Like, there's still yeah, no, I, I there's don't still two you. games left and a bowl game, so yeah, 
he might fall out of the first round. If that happens, that's hard. I mean, but, that would be that would be a steal for someone in the second round because, like I said, I mean, you got to think about it. He that he has that potential. You've seen him before yeah, at a high level. Yeah. He just needs to be fixed. He has those traits that every NFL you know needy team, like when it comes to quarterback, want. Yeah, you just need that. to develop him to being that type of quarterback. I mean, what he showed, I mean, the world the last couple of weeks has been nothing but borderline pathetic for a guy that's supposed to go in the first round. No, I, I agree. It's been, it's really not been good football from not only himself, but the whole Kentucky team oh, it's, it's the whole as roster, a whole. But 100% it's the whole roster. But, you know, uh, you expect more out of a guy that is prepared to then lead men. You know, not just not just college players to lead men in the NFL. Yeah, like you need more. I I don't know if it's his fault. I don't know if it's coaching, but you need more out of that guy. And yeah, but ever you since have Kentucky, to go to your offensive coordinator and be like, give me the fucking ball. Ever like, since Kentucky lost that game to Ole Miss in heartbreaking fashion, yeah. when Levis you know they broke his finger in that game, they have not been the same team. And you got to wonder, has that injury really did that really affect him in this case? It looked like it since it happened. But that was months yeah. ago, so I, mean, I don't know what the issue is right now for the, like the said, Wildcats. At, at this point, you gotta just tell your offense coordinator, "Give me the damn ball. Let me try to lead this team to victory." Because everything that they've done has not hasn't been working. It just hasn't. No, you're not wrong. I don't know if maybe they just don't trust trust Lovis's decision making right now. He has been throwing a lot of interceptions, I will say, the last so couple like, weeks. So that could be a fact. Definitely- is that play calling? Is that his decisions? Is that just bad receivers? Like, who knows? But at some point, there's got to be an answer here. Yeah, it's definitely concerning at the end of the day. I mean, like I said, he's he's still going to be a highly touted prospect when, at the end of the day. The question's going to be, is an NFL team going to want to risk taking him, you know, mid-first round at this rate and wait, you know, and potentially take a franchise changing quarterback. I mean, a team like the Washington Commanders maybe could use someone like him, but do they? I mean, listen, we'll we'll they talk about their quarter, they got their quarterback. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that in the, in the next part of our show. But that that's just an example, like a team no, like I, that that could Carolina. maybe use a quarterback. Yeah, but Carolina is going to be in the top three drafting, so they're not going to they're going to get someone like Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, that's true. All right. I mean, I guess we'll move on. Yeah, I mean, the biggest game of the week in football. I'm yeah, all right. Away. All right, buddy. Um, an absolute shit the, be- the, the best, the best conference. Would yeah, you know, never mind. No comments. <laughs> anyway, TCU plays one of their tightest games of the year. I'd have to say against Texas. Well, TCU. Yeah, they proved. They proved to uh, go ahead, Grayson. Go, you got it. Um, I mean. They played great defensively. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, their offense looked subpar, honestly. Kind of anemic, yeah. Yeah, like you expect more of what their defense was giving them from the offense. Uh, I mean, Duggan has an okay game. I mean, 19-29 for 124 and a touchdown. It seemed like their, their moral of the game they was to run the run. football. They yeah, won the run. absolutely. Uh, but, I mean... Yeah, you need more out of your quarterback. I feel like yardage wise, I think it was mostly play calling, more than anything on that. Just to try. I mean, to, maybe yeah. I, I think they were trying to set up the play action a little too much. 
Now, this may go against popular opinion, but the reason why Texas lost his game is not entirely his fault was the abysmal performance from Bijan to Robinson. Yeah. Was it abysmal? I mean, it was abysmal. I mean, 12 but carries for 29 yards is not good. How much, was, how much of that was TCU's defense? I mean, that's also true, but Texas threw the football a lot in this game, 17 of 39 for Quinn Ewers, and he was not very efficient in this game. He was a, terrible. A QBR of 21, and I mean, he had an interception. Obviously, Ben John's going to be the best running back in this draft, but I think that was the first time and probably yeah, since in a long time, definitely. Probably since I mean, September where he's looked human. I mean, Nick, put it to you this way, Ewers only threw the ball, well, only had completions to three receivers in this game. Yeah. That's pathetic. It's not. It, I mean, listen, this is a game that Texas really needed because they're still fighting in the Big 12 right now, and they really could have played spoiler and ended any hope for the Big 12 to be in this year's college football playoff. They did not do that, and it's a bad loss for Texas because now they go from being second in the division, or the conference, I should say. Now they're all the way to fifth, and now we're having a matchup potentially again between TCU and Kansas State for this year's Big 12 championship. There's still a lot of football left to go, but this is a game Texas needed to win if they were going to make any type of statement that the quote-unquote Texas is back you know, thing is happening. But that meme died this past Saturday as Texas loses this game, and it really just came down to B. John Robinson really did not have a strong game, and they couldn't pass the football. Uh, just as a friendly reminder that Texas is not back, nor will they ever be back. Arch Manning will save the day. Archman's going to decommit. You've said this for months. He's not done it yet. He's going to do it. I think he's going to do it. I think if after Texas the performance had- that Quinn Ewers just had, Texas will will op- welcome him with open arms as being the starting starting quarterback next year. Look, if they find a way to lose to Kansas and Baylor, yeah, but Kansas, <laughs> yeah, but Kansas, yeah, but both of those teams are are they're both eligible. It's not like they're bad teams. Yeah, but my point is, if you lose what. That would be if they lost to like Iowa State or West Virginia, then sure. Yeah, I mean that, that's fine. I mean, <laughs> it wasn't even a dig at West Virginia. I'm saying a team that no. doesn't doesn't have a winning record. Yeah, you're 100 percent right. Um, but I don't know. I just I feel like he could just do so much better. He could go anywhere he wants. I mean, I I think Texas really wowed him spending what was it two hundred thousand dollars on his recruiting week. Uh, five hundred thousand. No, five hundred. Yes. Yeah, I, I really think that's what it came down to. I think it's less of where he actually wants to go; it's more of where the money was. I mean, I mean, maybe, but you never know. Steve Sarkeesian has a has a potentially could be building something with Texas, but as of right now, it's still waiting to see what happens with them. But TCU, they're still undefeated. They're most likely going to be staying top four if they just keeps. If they could just stay undefeated. They win the Big 12 championship. They're going to play in this year's college football playoff. Their final two games pretty much will be interesting. They have the game up this upcoming weekend with Baylor on the road. That could be a trap game. We'll have to see what happens. And then they play an Iowa State team that has been really bad this season. So if they can get past this Baylor game this upcoming weekend, TCU realistically only might have to only worry about the Big 12 championship game to just get into the college football playoff. Yeah, I mean... It's 100% possible. I really think Kansas State would give them a really, really good game. Um, But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's not much more you could 
you could say. I mean, TCU has to do better offensively. Um, yeah, I think it's just one game. They've been they've been good offensively all season. One hundred percent. I'm just saying in general, if you're going to try to compete against, I mean, they'll probably end up, you know, dealing with Georgia or. Oh, well, they stay. If they stay four, then yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they could handle. The question is going to be realistically: Where would they rank them over a team like Tennessee? That's going to be an at-large team. Would they rank Tennessee above them because Tennessee has quote-unquote better wins? That's going to be what I mean, the decision will have to be at the end of the season. I mean, if it's Georgia or Ohio State, they're going to get. They would. They wow. they would have to come out firing early to have any hope. Yeah, because if they don't, I mean, George is going to put them through a blender. But, I mean, I think they have a shot against Ohio State. <clears throat> if they, they'd have to play, like you said, out the gate, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, you can't, you can't give them any glimpse of hope. No. But the problem is you'd have to keep your, you know, foot on the gas. Yeah. But. Well, this is all hypothetical. Like, yeah, like, like, like we said, it's there's it's only let's give it a couple you know, we're going into week still, eleven this week, so there's still a lot of you're still a little bit left in the season. Still some big games, obviously Ohio State, Michigan still have to play. You have some big games coming up this weekend that could potentially, you know, impact the college football playoff. And I think we're gonna get into our favorite part of our conversation, Johnson, deciding who is going to win and what we like in each of those games. Oh man, this is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> Let's kick this off. We have Georgia at Kentucky spread minus 22 and a half of Georgia over under at 49 and a half. Who wants to start us off here? I'll start off. Um, I'm taking Georgia minus 20. Honestly, I would take Georgia minus 25 right now. Maybe even more than that because Georgia's offense is on fire again. And, uh, I mean, we just saw what happened, you know, to Kentucky. I I just <clears> – I don't think Levis is going to be able to do anything against that Georgia defense. You know, I, I like that pick as well, but I'm not going to take Georgia minus 22.5. I think Georgia minus 22.5 is going to hit, but I'm going to take the under this game because I think Georgia will win – uh, forty-two to seven, which would just be right under the right under forty-nine points. See, I was right thinking the under, but I'm also petrified that Georgia might just so up forty-nine by I, themselves. I think I also like the under, and my theory is I could see this being a thirty-five fourteen game. I think Kentucky could put up a touchdown or two there, but it would be garbage time touchdowns. I right. just don't think they have a, a chance in this game. Especially after a loss to Vanderbilt, that's really demoralizing to a team to lose with someone like that. And Georgia, as you said, they're firing on all cylinders right now. They can't afford any slip ups because one slip up, no. and they're really in danger of missing the playoff this year. Well, I don't know about that. But... I mean, listen, they lose to a team like Kentucky and then lose the SEC championship game. That's it. Yeah, but I doubt they lose both. <clears throat> no, I'm. Th- I, I'm not saying they, they would somehow find a way to lose to Kentucky. They're not going to lose a second game. That, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they can't afford a slip-up. No. Because if you were to lose the SEC Championship game, they still make the playoff. Yeah. That's true. But, yeah, give me give me Georgia. I, I like the under as well. So but I, both, or officially taking both, or just want to pick one or the other? I like Georgia Moneyline. I don't like the spread as much, but I could definitely see the spread heading. I, I, would like, I like Georgia Moneyline and the under in this game. Okay, so you heard it here first. Now we're going to our next game. 
Illinois at Michigan. Now, I'll also start this one. Oh boy! Um, before you start that, though, I just want to make a couple things. That Illinois had such a strong start to this season, looking like uh, they're going to be a team to actually contend in the uh, in the Big Ten, falling flat on their face for the last couple of weeks. And Grayson, you want to start? Yeah, um, I'm taking Michigan and the over. Okay, so you're taking Michigan minus seventeen and a half and over forty two points. Yeah, because. When when I sit there and think about this game, with the way Michigan is running the football right now, there's not a shot in hell that Illinois is going to be able to sit there and keep that under control for a full game. Maybe I, for a half, I, but I, like I can't see a full game. Uh, Michigan has been notorious this year to get off to a slow start and then eventually make their way back into a game. They've done it against really bad opponents like Rutgers and Penn State. Uh, obviously, Penn State and Rutgers not in the same category. Penn State's far above, but you know what I mean. Are you sure about that? Oh, come on, man. Wait, who and who is in the same category? I'm Penn not State going into this. They're not, they're not in the same Rutgers. category. They're, not in they're, the same category. they're basically the same team, except one of them gets better recruits because, you know, they have a great tradition. All right, I'm not going to justify the response right now, even though I'm a big fan of Rutgers. Yeah, you, you can tell I was asking second time because my brain was fried after listening to that comment. Uh, I like the under this game. I'm going to go against Grayson. Michigan has gone off to a lot of very slow starts, and I don't think Illinois is going to be cooking up anything good on offense, so I can easily see this game starting off to 10-0, 14-0 at the half, and then Michigan just trying to keep it on the ground and just kind of milk the clock as much as possible. So I'm going to take the under this game. And I do like Michigan to win. Uh, I don't know if it'll cover, but I'm definitely uh, – I like the under this game. Um, I also like the under in this game. I think this would be – if I had to pick a final score for this game, I think 28-7 to Michigan would be the final. I think you know Michigan has been running the football efficiently all season. And Illinois, I mean, two big slip-ups against Michigan State and Purdue and two games they really can't afford. Right now, Illinois is still in line to play for the Big, Tw- Big Ten Championship. They're tied with teams like Purdue – Iowa and Minnesota. They're all the same conference record at four and three. One of those two, one of those four teams is going to have to play Michigan or Ohio State for the Big Ten Championship. So the question is going to be who out of that four is going to step up and show something. It's not going to be Illinois, unfortunately, because they, like I said, they have not looked good the last two weeks, especially to Michigan State, a team that's been really bad this season. And then they lose a big game to Purdue that they really needed to win. Michigan should win. I don't know about the spread either. Obviously, with 28-7, that would, that's, that would be Michigan's spread. But I do like the under. If I had to pick something for this game, the under, I think I like the most. Okay. So we're going to stay in-state here. Oklahoma State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma, seven and a half point favorites. 64 and a half is, at, is, the, uh, is the over-under. This is a classic Big 12 matchup. With uh, I'm anticipating zero defense. Would like to start us off. You know, I'm gonna go last here because I, I have a lot to say about this. All right, Nick, you want to start I, I us off? I, I know where where he's gonna start off with that. So the reason why we put this game on the schedule, obviously, right now these two teams are both unranked. Oklahoma has no chance at the Big Twelve Championship. Oklahoma State still technically has a shot. They're one game behind Kansas State in the rank and you know in the conference. So they still have an outside shot of making the the Big 12 championship game and playing TCU for that title. Now, they go on the road to face Oklahoma. Oklahoma 
you know, they have not looked good the last two weeks. Losing to Baylor and then losing to West Virginia on the road. I mean, I don't know what is up with the Sooner. It's been a really weird year for Oklahoma this year. Oklahoma State, the last three weeks have been also not looking great. They get blown out by Kansas State. Then they get blown out by Kansas. And they all, and they barely beat Iowa State this past week. I don't know if I like the under or the over in this game. I think I like the under again. These two, really? these two offenses have not been good recently. They have been really, really, really struggling. And I, I don't know what the injury status is for Spencer Sanders still for Oklahoma State. That's going to play a big factor because if he's not playing, Oklahoma State's offense is very, very – they're not really good. And we've seen Oklahoma's offense this season. They've also not been good. The only reason they've been scoring points is because they play really bad Big 12 defense and teams. But West Virginia, to you know, they were giving up the most points this season to other conferences, and they gave up. They only gave up twenty points to Oklahoma. So I take the under in this game. All right, Nick, going for a first here, picking against. And if I had to pick someone to win the game, I probably pick Oklahoma. As much as I, as much as it sounds stupid, I probably just take Oklahoma to win. Right, so I like your analysis. I'm going to take Oklahoma spread, and this is my logic. Oklahoma had a very, very bad start to this season, say the least. But Oklahoma State, however, is in a free fall. They're collapsing. And to me, there is no sure signs that they're going to turn that around anytime soon. So based off of current trends, I'm going to take Oklahoma spread. Okay. All right. Um, Here we go. Go ahead. Oh, God. I hope Oklahoma blows up. If that football program could find a way to not exist anymore, I'd be the happiest person ever. This team has ruined West Virginia for years in the Big 12. The one time I would pray, I was praying to the gods that Oklahoma would blow us the living fuck out. I was hoping for like a 54 half from Oklahoma. And they go out there and lay a fucking dud. Oh my god. Neil Brown was gone. I sensed it. I felt it. And then Garrett Green comes in and plays the best game I've seen out of West Virginia quarterback also. Because Daniels sucks. I, Daniels doesn't suck. Daniels has offensive line issues. And you he, just, he a, just just admit the fact that you've mushed him. I probably have. But he, he's not fast enough to deal with the way this offensive line is played this year. That's beside the point. Um, I'm taking Oklahoma State plus the points. I, I really want to just take Oklahoma State flat because I cannot trust Oklahoma. I literally cannot. I I watched them just lose to a team that was one loss away from firing their whole entire staff. It's a thing now. They're only two wins away from being bowl eligible and probably keeping uh, some of that staff. Well, no, they, we they just West Virginia just fired the AD. Oh, you're and gonna you're gonna enjoy the fact that they're gonna keep them. You're gonna like it. From what I'm hearing is that at the end of the season, they're going to fire him. That is the rumor I'm hearing. 
But I don't believe anything coming out of that fucking school anymore. Right, so, to, con- um, to continue on, it's going to be. Oh, I'm taking Oklahoma State, and I agree with Nick. It's going. It's a. It's under. It's under. Interesting. They're just two of the worst offenses right now going yeah, on. They're, they're just both offensively really, really bad the last couple of weeks. Right, let's stay in the Big Twelve. TCU at Baylor. Uh, this could be a trap game. TCU, two and a half point favorites, over under at fifty and a half. Baylor is absolutely terrible, to say the least. But only giving TCU two and a half points, even though they're on the road. You know what, Johnson? I, I have a good comparison for what TCU is right now. They are the Utah Jazz of college football, where they're not getting enough respect for how good they've been playing so far to start the season. I think a two and a half spread on the road against a Baylor team that's coming off a blowout loss at home to Kansas State. A Kansas State team that TCU beat by double digits. I w- I'm going to tell you this, Johnson. Get ready to write this down. TCU spread, TCU money line, and the over. I like every th- single one of them. Grayson, Ooh, okay. ta- Grayson talked about how their offense looked really bad, and in the last game against Texas, they're going to come out firing in this game because Baylor's defense has not been good this season. They have been really, really bad. They gave up 43 points to West Virginia. That should say enough. Agreed. TCU might put up 45 points. They should put up 45 points in this game. I'll keep it very simple with you. I'm going to take TCU minus two and a half. Uh, Obviously, I'll take the money line too, but my official pick is going to be TCU minus two and a half. I'm not sure about the over on this game because, like you said, I could see TCU scoring 45 points, but I could also see... uh, Baylor putting up a touchdown so it doesn't hit. So I'm going to stay, stay with him the over in the back game, taking TCU spread. Okay. Yeah, I'm also taking TCU spread. Um, Baylor's atrocious. They lost to West Virginia. That that should just say enough. Um, TCU, I hope, is going to go back to having a competent offense. Um, and I, it's going over. Because TCU is going to absolutely just put absolute pounding on uh, the Baylor Bears. All right. Staying in the Big 12, the last Big 12 game we're going to talk about. Uh, Texas at Kansas. Texas, nine-point favorites on the road over under a set at 64. I know what I'm taking already, but Nick, I'm going to defer to you. Okay. So I have a couple for this game, too. Kansas spread. Texas, I still think, is going to win the game. But I think plus nine is very disrespectful because Texas, we've seen it. They've blown a lot of leads this season. And they've had some very close wins. So I like Kansas spread in this game, plus nine. Texas still to win. The question is the over-under. I'm going to take the under just because Kansas's offense has been very weird since the injury to Daniels. And I still don't know where their offense ranks as these last couple of weeks. I mean... They've lost four out of five, so I'm I don't know if they could really be able to put up a lot of points the way they're going. However, I do think that Bijan Robinson is going to run for 150 yards plus in this game. After the game he just had against TCU, they're going to give him the football this week, and he's going to want to come out guns a blazing after how badly he was held to 29 yards this past weekend. 
So I don't know if you want to write that down, but I think Bijan's going to have a monster game this week. Um, um, I actually agree with everything Nick just said. That's a there's, shock. There's not a point that I don't agree with. Um, Kansas has just not been the same team without Daniels. Uh, which is a shame because they have potential to have a really good season. Hey, I mean, they're still in a bowl game, so oh, 100%. It's, they'll it's take it. Any Kansas, fan, any Kansas fan would have signed up for the current season. Oh, uh, given but again, when you look at where you're, where you started. Yeah, then, that's, it's a little discouraging, but it's yeah, uh, it's it sucks. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it could be all right, though. Oh, 100%. Um, right, yeah, got I'm wrong with Nick has. So you guys are rolling with Kansas plus nine, Texas money line under 64. Both of you. I'm just going to keep it simple and put Kansas plus nine. Going over the back to the huh? Pac 12, uh, which would have had the potential of being a really big game if Oregon had won last week. Well, it's still a big uh, game for the conference championship as, as it stands. Yeah, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not Yeah, so yeah. Anymore. Yeah, that's fair. Utah on the road at Oregon. Oregon. Minus three favorites at home, over under set at sixty one and a half. Who wants to start us off? Um, I guess I'll start. I'm taking Oregon. Um, think they're going to bounce back this week. I mean, last week was not a Bonex problem. Bonex has been really good. I just think offensively they're just too strong. Yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Johnson. I'm also going to take Oregon minus her here. I think they're going to have a bounce back from last week. They can play a little bit angry. Their season's now over. But like you said, there's still an opportunity to get to the conference championship. So I think that uh, that combined, I don't think Utah's that good. I mean, what's Utah's best point on the season? I really couldn't tell you. USA. Yeah. I don't think USC is that great anyway. And we'll find out over the next two weeks. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon minus her. I'm going to take Oregon, Moneyline, and the over in this game. Because these two defense teams cannot play defense. And Bonex is still trying to fight for a Heisman Trophy, so he's going to want to come out showing in this game as well. So right. I like Oregon and the over. Okay, so you think Oregon will win, but not by three points. Okay. Yeah, I think, I mean... Like I said, it could be like a 36-34 you, type game. Yeah, I get, you could give me Oregon minus three, too. I can see a last-second field goal win for the Ducks. Yeah, I mean, we're kind it, of agreeing right now. This is kind of scary. Uh, yeah, someone, someone's, at the same time, someone's I mean, gonna get mushed. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be one team. I know it. Oh, 100 percent. But it's it's tough not to because all these games, that all the situations are borderline the same. Yeah, it, it's tough to fight any of the arguments we've all made in any of these games. Yeah. But, well, let's go into the last game. I think this is the biggest game of the week because the team that you know, one of the teams in this game, still has an outside chance of making the college football playoff. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, we have USC on the road hosting UCLA. UCLA just had that. No, they're on the USC is on the road for this game. Yeah, USC. Oh, oh on I see. The road. I see what, yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying now. Yeah, USC on the road. Uh, oh. UCLA at at home. I know I got these. I I got these. Uh, I got these mixed up. I mean, it's it's still, it's, it's still basically. I mean, to be in your in fairness to you, it's still basically a home game for USC because UCLA has really had trouble bringing in fans this year. 
UCLA has a fan base for basketball. Well, remember they're both Southern California teams, so uh, USC is definitely the bigger program here. So uh, this is pretty much gonna be USC home game anyway. USC minus two and a half point favorites over under at seventy five. That to me is just <laughs> ridiculous. That's an unbelievable number. Someone just broke something in their house. <laughs> yeah, he heard. I, might, I might have broke my chair. Oh no, we're gonna find out, boys. He, his chair broke to the point where he heard the number seventy five. He could not believe that staggering <laughs> number for the over under. Literally cannot believe falling out of it. Literally falling out of his chair. I literally fell out of my chair. Uh, that's not even a joke, though. I really just almost fell out of my chair. Um. <laughs> right, I, I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this game because the Pac-12 sucks and they can't play defense. Oh, bro, seventy five. I don't know if I can take that over. <laughs> that is so much. I mean, points. the Washington, the Washington, uh, Oregon game. If you did, so. if you had to pick who who do you think wins the game? Who do you think is gonna win? Oh boy, uh, give me UCLA. Nah, fuck you, Johnson. I think UCLA. I think this is gonna be the. I'm going to say either this week or next week is the death of the USA. I'm I'm with Grayson because I, I I thought I was going to be the only one to pick UCLA. I think this is such a trap game for USA, especially after UCLA lost to Arizona. I feel like they're going to want to be, play spoiler for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> fuck you, Johnson. What do you mean, fuck me? I mean, I, I just Nick agrees with me, too. We're all taking UCLA plus two and a half. Is that you know what? He's gonna change his pick to USC now. I, I have to change the pick. I gotta change. There the has pick. to be one game where we're now all agreeing. I ha- I, I'm, Nick, I'll take the hit for the boys. <laughs> I'll take the hit for the boys. Someone, someone <laughs> is going to lose this week because of how much agreement we have had. It, it's, it's, <laughs> Give it's, me USC. It's not good. Honestly, can I get an alternate spread? Sure. Seven USC uh, minus seven and a half. Oh boy! Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's right. probably playing two to one odds well, at any bookie in America. So. I will say, Johnson. I do like the over also in this game. They both can't play defense either. <laughs> I I can't. That's just too many could, fucking points. Could man. see a forty like a forty five forty two file in this game, bro. I I can't do it. That's too many points. The, if, if there's anything these two offenses can do, it's score points. So I, I can see it. But fuck. Man, I mean, listen, listen. So think about USC. They give a forty-three to Utah, thirty-seven to Arizona, thirty-five to Cal. How can you not take the over in this game? Fuck, you're right. It's, no, no, they, they no, can't play no. defense. No, I listen. I'm, I'm staying with the guns if I can't go with the boys here. I. I mean, you're not mushing a team. You're just mushing the over/under. Yeah, I know. I'm going under. I don't think that oh, they can put up geez. this many points. The other probably I, will hit at the end of the day because that is a lot of points, to be fair. Bro, seven, 75 I points. cannot wait for the shootout. This game is good. I hope oh this is a game God. to shoot this out. This is going to be an absolute mess of a game. I hope it's a shootout. I would love to see that. But Jeez. with that game, I mean, you got to see because, like I said, USC is still fighting for the college football playoff. They need to win this game a loss, and it ruins the Pac-12 season. They will have no one representing them this year. So only time is going to tell. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Uh, you know, not a big week here at college football, but I'm sure this upcoming weekend will be crazy. We'll have to see what happens. Will there be a shakeup in the college football playoff polls We're going into tomorrow? And even going into next week, only time will tell. Once again, I am one of your co-hosts, Nick Bavona, joined alongside Andrew Johnson and Grayson Sheepy G. Marino with the All Gas No Break Sports Show.